Today is 170, 170. Oh, how he loves you and me. Welcome to Deep Creek Baptist Church on a beautiful fall, late October Sunday. Um, getting close to the end of the year. A lot of things going to happen here shortly. Children are going to start getting amped up. Uh, expecting that midnight ride of the, not Paul Revere, but we all know who we're talking about. And uh, uh, But it's great to be here in God's house. Uh, before we go any further, I want to just open us in prayer. Uh, most glorious Lord God, I love you and I thank you for this day. Lord, I ask you to open your word up to us, Lord. Let us just put aside the, the cares of this world. Let us worship you with, with song. Let us worship you with thought. Lord, we just love you. Um, we ask you, Lord, to... Uh, let us have our hearts prepared to receive communion today, Lord, in remembrance of you. Lord, I ask you to uh, bless this time we have together. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We have three birthdays this week. Uh, Herman Nichols, which is Alberta's husband. Uh, we have Miss Ann Schwab. Hers is on Halloween. If she will go ahead and stand, please. And... Nicole, my daughter, is Halloween, and she's not here. So, Ann, you get to stand up and represent them all. So, uh, we're going to sing happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Good. Um, <laughs> we're good. We're okay. <laughs> good. I, I lost my place in the in the scheme of things here, so we're good. Our next hymn is 476. 476. In the garden.
Well, we're at a time for our announcements, praises, and prayer requests. This coming Wednesday, uh, Wednesday night, we have a business meeting, uh, and that'll be at 7 o'clock. Also, uh, Saturday, this coming Saturday, is our drive-through trunk-or-treat at 6 p.m. Um, November 1st, Monday, all items need to be in for Samaritan's Purse uh, Christmas boxes. So, they need to be here by the 1st, so that means Sunday, this coming Sunday, you need to have all the items here. Uh, because on the following Sunday, the 7th, all the youth and the helpers uh, are going to prepare those Samaritan Purse boxes and they will have pizza served. So, um, need to get those things here. Um, praises and prayer requests. Uh, remember the, uh, the Chase Farley family? Uh, the young man went home to be with the Lord. Go ahead, David. Okay. Um, continue to pray for uh, Joanne Crabtree and Mary Russell. Um, they're still recouping. Uh, so um, continue to pray for them. Are there any others? That's right. Robin has her eye surgery tomorrow morning. Uh, any other? Uh, John? Just a couple for this morning. Um, uh, Brenda Thomas, she has eye surgery tomorrow too. Okay. Continue to pray, continue to pray for her. Um, Mary Russell. Good. That's a, a blessing right there. But we need to keep praying for him. Cancer to go away. Okay. And then um, the 16 missionaries for in Haiti, we need to pray for them. Yep. Um, our borders, um, and then our military and our government. Okay. Any other? Yes, Miss Karen? Okay. Any other? Go ahead, Patrick. Church, 26 years ago, one of the first things my beautiful friend Tina did was invite me to church here. Amen. And Monday we uh, celebrated our 25th anniversary. Amen. Amen. That's a praise. Um, yeah, I will talk about eye surgeries. Um, I have a, my boss's mother. They were serious eye surgeries. Her name is Mrs. Pollard. Okay. Any other? Okay. Okay. Any other? Any praises? Any praises? 
Not a pray. Go ahead, Dave. Kathleen? Any other? Miss Sandy? daughter that was in that car wreck uh, she's had 12 surgeries she went home yesterday so and she still has a long way to go I think Harold said she has about three more surgeries so uh, uh, just remember to uh, keep them in your prayer um, any other well if there's no others we'll go to the Lord in prayer most glorious Lord God, I love you and I thank you for this day. Lord, you've heard our concerns. You've heard those that we lifted up from those having 
surgeries, those having eye procedures, Lord, those that are facing diagnoses, uh, Lord, those that have recovered from diagnosis. Uh, Lord, there's just so many needs in this world. And we forget that you're in control. We forget that through all the things in our lives and surrounding us, you're, you're blessed in it. Um, Lord, we ask you to uh, give us the ability to touch the hearts that need to be touched for you and your kingdom. Lord, let us have compassion. Let us show mercy and grace. And, and Lord, we just love you. We ask you, Lord, to uh, let us always be prevalent of the blessings. And Lord, we just love you. Uh, we have so many. Uh, I think the best blessing for today is the voices coming out of the fellowship hall. Uh, children, that's a wonderful gift from you for us. A legacy. Lord, we just love you. And we ask you, Lord, to bless those children and the teachers that are, that are with them. Let them see uh, you through us. And let them emulate us. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray. Amen. I want to add one more thing. We were coming to church this morning. And uh, Tatham says, Papa, why is the sun and the moon in the sky? <laughs> I said, well, in the beginning, God created them. And the sun rules the day and the moon, it governs the night. And he said, Why? I said, because God wanted us to have daytime, real bright light. And I said, at night, he gives us the moon, which is a lesser light, so that we can sleep. He said, okay. He said, why did he make some mosquitoes? <laughs> I said, boy, you got to talk to him about that one. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, deep theological discussions this morning on the way to church. Uh, so that, that's, that's all I have. I just thought you'd get a kick out of that, that. You always need to be prepared to listen to these children. They have serious questions. And he said he was going to preach today, but he ain't showed up. So. <laughs> Our offertory hymn is 280. 280. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it.
when other people do not have that choice, Lord. We just thank you for all the love that you show us that we don't deserve, Lord, but thank you for giving it to us. Just take this money and everything that it means to you, Lord, just use it the way that you see fit, Lord, not the way we, we want it, but how you want it. Let us always put you first in everything that we do. Thank you for our first responders, our military, Lord, just be with them, put your hand of safety around them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Breathe. 
Thank you. Thank you. If you have your Bibles, if you'll turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Today we're going to do communion. And it's an opportunity for those of us who are part of God's family and, and, and are disciples of Jesus Christ and have accepted him as our Lord and Savior to pay homage in a memorial service to remember him and his sacrifice. And it's not something that we should take lightly. Uh, and so here we go. Uh, I'll start reading in verse 23. And you're going to hear this some more today. So, uh, And probably you'll hear something similar to this every time you partake in communion. Paul's writing to the church at Corinth. In verse 23 of chapter 11. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks he broke it and said take eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner he also took the cup when he had supped saying this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of this bread, and uh, let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak sickly among you and many sleep for if we would judge ourselves we should not be judged but when we are judged we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world let's pray Father, I love you and I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for this message and I thank you for this word and thank you for the instructions that you give us on how to function and and perform your memorial how each one of us individually has a part to play each one of us individually has a responsibility to be pure and worthy of communion lord we love you we know that you're in control of this service may everything done here today be pleasing and honoring to you there are three ordinances that we as baptists follow the ordinance of marriage between one man and one woman, period. The ordinance of baptism and the ordinance of the Lord's Supper or Eucharist or whatever you would like to call it, communion. Uh, but what we do when we do this is it, it's a memorial so that we will not forget the sacrifice that Christ made for us. We need to know that, 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 that what we're doing is important. We need to know that we can remember the sacrifice that the Creator made for us. That our Savior paid a high price for us to be redeemed. John 15, 13, Greater love hath no man than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. Christ laid down his life for his friends. 
He laid down his life for us. Even though we weren't around 2,000 and some years ago when he sacrificed his life, he laid down his life anyway. The fact that we have memorials shows that we're a people who will forget. Maybe not the event itself, but the significance of the event. Think about everything that's going on today. What are we doing? We've got people running around taking statues down. You go to our beautiful capital in Washington, D.C., and it's full of memorials. You have the Washington Monument, dedicated to the first president of the United States of America. The general who led the Revolutionary Army, who defeated the world's most powerful army with a ragtag bunch of rebels. And then we have the Lincoln Memorial, dedicated to President Lincoln, who led this country during the, the most turbulent time in its history. A country divided. Brothers against brothers and families against families fighting one another. For four and a half years, bloody warfare. Then we have all kinds. We have Thomas Jefferson's memorial, who they just removed from some place uh, in New York because he had owned slaves. They forget that he was one of the co-founders and authors of our beautiful Declaration of Independence and our Bill of Rights and the way we have today to offer in our government. We have monuments built all over the world to remember great things. There's a monument in Pearl Harbor to commemorate those who lost their lives in an attack on that harbor on a Sunday morning. We have a memorial in New York City where those people that flew those planes in and crashed those towers, there's a, there's a monument there to remember those 3,000 people there. Some 20 some odd years ago, that happened. Today we have people who forget the significance of that event. There's all kind of things, the reason we have monuments. Texas has the Alamo. North Carolina has its own monuments. There's a big monument out at the coast and a bunch of sand dunes where the first flight took place. There's the lighthouses all up and down the east coast of North Carolina that mark the events so that ships wouldn't run aground. North Carolina's got one of the most treacherous coastlines in the world. There's monuments in the mountains. There's monuments in the Piedmont. Here in our little area, we've got a house over in Aberdeen, the Blue Farm. We have a house up at the other end of the Carthage. You know, uh, uh, golly, I just had it on my tongue. House in a horseshoe. Thank you, Patrick. So monuments are part of our lives, and this should be a great monument for us. The fact that we don't forget. Not only is it a memorial, but it's also a declaration of our salvation. We run our flag up every day, and we fly it. Children, I don't know if they still do or not, but every morning before school started, we would stand with our hands over our heart and pledge allegiance to the flag of this country. Not only as a memorial for those who fought and died for our country to give us our freedom, but also as an evidence that we pledge our faith to that flag, that we will not hinder that flag from what it stands for. It's one nation under God, indivisible, 
and the great tenet, liberty and justice for all. And the great thing about this ordinance that we're going to take a part of today, it was given by Christ, specifically to be observed by his church and should only be taken by those who have been saved by faith in the sacrifice we proclaim here. If you've been saved by faith in Christ, you are eligible to take communion. However, we as Baptists will not exclude anyone from taking communion. When the plate comes before you, that's between you and God. There are other denominations where if you're not a member of that specific body, you cannot take communion. Whether you're saved or not. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to have you at some moment. You should be doing it for the last couple of weeks because I've announced it on a steady basis that we're going to have communion. You should have prepared your heart to receive it worthily. Only God and you know what's been going on. Only God and you. Romans 5, 8 and 10. But God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. Much more than having not been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Do you understand what we're saying here? It's not just, it's not just, let me be saved by the blood. I'm saved. I'm good. It's, we have a life. He saved us. I, I don't like the term saved. I like the term called. God called us to a relationship with him. He called us to salvation. He called us to a relationship to where our lives will be, will make a difference in this world and that because he owns it. Once you understand you have no free will but his, life becomes a lot simpler. A lot simpler. What we used to see as kids as roadblocks and, 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 and Constantina wire to keep us from doing this and doing that because it looked fun was actually our parents and God setting a path for us not for our destruction but for our salvation. For his advancement, his kingdom, and his glorification. And so while the universal church is made up of born-again believers, Christ's church is manifest through the local church called the body. Or assembly. Or this group of believers. Or this congregation. Uh, and, we and we proclaim the Lord's return. We do this until the Lord returns. It's not just take communion one time and we're through. We do this to commemorate his memory. We do this until he returns. So back up so that we don't forget the sacrifice, the important sacrifice. Much like the Passover feast that was observed, uh, look back at how his children from bondage came. I read an article the other day and in Joshua you remember when 
God told his people to go and take the blood of a lamb and mark the lintel and side post. You know what was happening? He was covering them from judgment. God had passed judgment on the people of the earth and Egypt. He sent his angel there and those houses that were covered with the blood of a lamb were overpassed. They passed over them. They did not receive the judgment. And then I read a little bit further. You remember when they were backed up at the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army was bearing down on them? And the sea parted and they went across on the dry ground and they came up on the other side and Pharaoh's army was destroyed. See, that was God's deliverance from sin. It was a picture of him delivering his people from sin. And it goes on. You go to Joshua when they crossed the River Jordan. That was man's entrance into the promised land. That was a picture of us entering the kingdom of God. There's a lot to be learned from the parallels of the Old Testament to things that we look to in the New. But while we don't require a person to be a member of the local body to participate, I believe that it does require a person to be a believer in Jesus Christ to partake in communion. We proclaim the Lord's return until he comes. Much like, uh, as we look forward to Jesus Christ coming, our look back to Christ should be this picture of how he's carried us and carried his church and carried the nation of Israel through to today. Communion also looks at the Christ sacrifice. His blood was shed. His body was broken. But also looks forward to the time when Jesus will return and, sit, and we'll sit down with him. We get to sit down with Christ himself. We get to have fellowship and celebrate the Lord's Supper with him. Think about that. There's going to be a banquet and a feast like we can't imagine. When the praise goes up, there's no sound like we've ever heard before. It's going to be joyous. The smell. I can't imagine what the smell is going to smell like. The pure purity of God. The smell. And so we do these things. We're proclaiming, we're proclaiming our faith. We're making a public expression of our faith in Jesus Christ. In Luke 22, 15 and 18, and he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I shall never again eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And when he had taken the cup and given thanks, he said, take this and share it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. We find that Jesus' words were fulfilled at the marriage supper of the Lamb. In Revelation 19.9, Then he said to me, Write, 
Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are true words of God. Do you realize how blessed we are to be invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb? Do you understand the church is his bride? Because he resides with us with the Spirit, we're one flesh. We're one flesh. The great celebration of Jesus and his bride, the church. How blessed are you to know that we will be there with our Savior. Have we thought about that? Have you thought about life with your Savior? How significant that must be? How insignificant the questions and the desires that I have are when I put it in the light of being in the presence of my Savior? Kind of like my little grandson. He'll ask you the same question 72 times until you acknowledge and answer it. I can't imagine being dumbfounded, standing in front of my Savior, asking the question like a little child. I probably will because I will be tongue-tied. Not being able to speak for my Lord, my Savior, my Redeemer, my all in all standing in front of me. Have you ever been starstruck when you've met some famous person? And you think all these things you want to say and then you get there and it's just, uh. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know. And then all of a sudden it may be the questions we find that we have here are irrelevant there. We proclaim ourselves worthy in verses 27 and 28 when we take communion worthily. This is where we as believers must begin to examine ourselves before God. And we must come with the right attitude and in the right manner to be observed by the church body as we are doing today for the purpose of declaring the things just mentioned with the desire to draw closer to God but not through actions, but through remembrance and repentance. Every one of us has something to repent for. From me here in the pulpit all the way down to the youngest little babe. We have something to repent for. We have something to be happy about in remembrance what Christ has done for us. We must also come clean. Have you came clean with God? Spiritually? Have you told him about what's going on in your heart? Have you told him about what he already knows? Have you just put give it atmosphere, the voice, so that he can hear you proclaim it? We got to examine ourselves. And the question really becomes, are we saved? Only you and God know that. Are you saved? Are you truly saved? Is there any doubt about your salvation? Is there any doubt about your eternity? I will promise you this, that if you're 99% sure you're saved, I will promise you you're 100% lost. 
you know when you're saved without a shadow of a doubt where you're going to be. 2 Corinthians 13, 5, test yourself to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. Or do you not recognize this about yourself? That Christ is in you unless indeed you fail the test. Is he in you? Can you see evidence of him in you? Or have you not talked with him in such a long time that you've let it slide away and you don't recognize the voice? Today's the day. Today's the day you need to get right. Do you have any unconfessed sin? Because it's important to have the right relationship with God. If we say that we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves. For 1 John 1, 8 and 9. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Is there any sins that we have that we haven't confessed? Is there anything that we have that's holding us back from receiving the communion and being healed by the word of God? Do we have anything unresolved between another brother and a sister or between a family member? Is there any unresolved issues that you haven't taken to the Lord and made right? Because Romans 15, 6 says, So that with one accord you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. One accord, one voice. You have to be right with God to take communion. You have to. Otherwise, you're going to, like the Bible says, you're going to get sick. And when it says some of you sleep, you're going to die. By taking this unworthily. That's an important thing to understand. I don't want any one of us to be sick. And I sure don't want any one of us to die. Because we have sat in the pew and refused to humble ourselves before the Lord and take communion unworthily. And if you have answered no to any of these questions, you need to correct them now. Or excuse yourselves from participating in communion. I don't want to see you sick. And I don't want to preach your funeral. I want you to glorify God with your bodies and your attitudes. I want you to go forward and be worthy of taking the cup and the juice. The juice and the cracker. We need to be worthy. That's why we stop and we give you time to prepare your heart. Confess everything. And if you need to come down here and confess it, it is open. I'm going to ask the deacons to come forward. And we're going to have a time of silence. And you can get right with the Lord. So let's do that now. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.